Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't think Michael's ever done drugs. It's Mike Shope. I don't know if anyone's ever offered him any. Let's go over some of the symptoms of marijuana use, shall we? You tell me who this sounds like. It's the Bulldog. Slow moving. Inattentive. Dull. Constantly snacking shows a lack of motivation. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, I'm just saying, I feel kind of seen with that. I, I just, I, I feel a little, uh, a little persecuted. Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you with us here on a Wednesday. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is out sick again today. Hoping he's feeling better and back with us. ASAP, uh, maybe tomorrow. We'll see uh, how that all shakes out for him. Big week here, of course. Bills and Steelers on Sunday at 1 p.m. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline is one of our favorites, Matt Perino from Syracuse.com on the Bills Beat. You hear him on the Shout Podcast, as well as these live shows that seem like big hits at these Wingnuts locations. Oh, man. Big fan. Hey, Matt, what's up, man? How are you? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I am great. How's the how's the week treating you? The, the week is treating me great. We're getting geared up. Uh, you mentioned wing nuts. We're going to be out there Saturday night. Uh, I mean, the playoffs are here. We've got to kick it off in a big way, right? So we're going to host a live event. Uh, the new wing nuts in uh, my uh, neck of the woods over in Amherst, fourteen hundred two Millersport Highway. So uh, they've been a party. I mean, we we had the first one there a couple weeks ago, and I got to be honest with you, I was I was a bit overwhelmed with how many people came out. We're we're going to try to crush it again here. Good for you, you know, man. That's awesome to hear. I'm really glad um, for that and, and for them too. The food's excellent and they're great people. So I'm I'm very excited how that's taken off for them. So, I man, where do you want to start here? Um, weather? How about weather? Let's start weather. We feel like we've we've left off at the weather last few callers. So I I don't know, man. Like I'm a little haunted by last year's Bengal game, uh, the New England wind game. I, how much in, in your head, if at all, is the weather as you approach getting ready for this game, Matt? I mean, 
it's always going to be a factor, right? Uh, especially if you look at some of the disappointing performances for this team over the last couple of years, weather has been involved. I mean, to, to just dis, um, associate yourself with that win game when Mac Jones somehow found a way to win uh, in that game, it's, it's haunting for Bills fans. And I, and I get that part of it. But I also think that this version of the, of the team, you know, obviously Josh Allen being the most important part of that version, learning how to play in the elements, it's a huge piece to all of this. And I, I think the, the adjustment that he made in the wind in that next game they played, I think it was the Patriots on a night game uh, where it was super cold and the wind was, was blowing. And he ended up having like some crazy stat line. I got I to gotta look that up. Probably should have known that well, already. That, 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 the playoff game was cold. I don't remember if it was really windy, if, if that's the game you're thinking of. Um, it, it was under the radar windy, though. Like uh-huh. it, the, the ball, the, the goalposts were moving. And I think we talked about it after the game with Josh about how he was able to cut through the wind and throw that way. So there's been games over the course of his career where, you know, you figure like you drafted him to be able to play in that, in those conditions. So I guess, I guess I just always go into these games, like maybe not paying as much attention to that as maybe I should. And also the other part of this is like, you get into these games and I get it. Like you, you have to, from a team perspective, they have to respect every opponent. The Pittsburgh Steelers won 10 games, but this is a team that, it's not very good. I mean, if you, if you can't beat the Steelers at home, Mason Rudolph off of the couch, basically, uh, he's played really well. But they put the ball on the ground in, albeit very rainy conditions last week, six times. And they had two fumbles uh, that, that they lost. So this is a team that if you could create turnovers with just defenses made its hay on, I, I just don't see weather being – a factor enough in this game that the Bills are going to lose it. I, I love – sometimes I just love working here, and I love social media. Like, I'm t- we're talking about this, and I'm just peeking in at my Twitter as we're chatting here, and there's an account that checked in with Jeremy earlier today that's retweeting to me now that the Bills-Steelers game last year had wind gusts over 30 miles an hour at times in it and was pretty windy consistent. Now it was like in the mid fifties temperature wise. So I don't know, but as far as the wind goes, it was pretty windy there. And I think if I remember correctly, there were two Josh Allen to Gabe Davis bombs in that game. So, uh, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe this will be big hands, big arm tools. Josh Allen, uh, comes to the party. Uh, cause I just feel like the Steelers are probably loving this forecast. They definitely are, but I also think, like, just having you go through that there and just thinking about it, like, this is a Bills team that hasn't really been hitting down the field. They've had to, what's Josh and Joe Brady been saying, they have to be comfortable not getting bored in games and working that underneath and and really becoming expert in the short and intermediate areas of the field. You know, maybe if if, if the elements come into play and, and, and the Steelers' defense think they have to play closer to the line, um, or can play closer to the line, that might open up the deep part of the field. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick could be ended up, end up playing this weekend, but if he doesn't, you know, that's another big problem. That's secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is a lot of question marks. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's always a, a ride with the weather. I, I get that part of it. But I, I think some of the, the matchups, some of the things that uh, are going to play out are going to be 
more fun to look at. Matt Perino from Syracuse.com and co-host of the Shout Podcast on the Western Hotline here on WGR. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is off today. So I know we've talked about this over the course of almost a full calendar year since the Bills' playoff loss to the Bengals last January, Matt. Like, I felt like they were emotionally just tapped out by the time they got to well, frankly, I thought they were on, on the ropes before what happened to DeMar Hamlin happened. And then, of course, that piled on top and like, oh, my gosh, uh, it, just devastating. And so that's last year. He, this year, I mean, obviously, they've been kind of like in survival mode here. They weren't even assured of a spot going into last weekend uh, until Jacksonville lost. Um, so they've been kind of in playoff mode and they've won five in a row. I'm wondering, like, what kind of sense you're getting from them about their I don't know, just how, how, how quote-unquote, right they are going into this. Like, Do you feel like they're, they're peaking here, or could they be uh, on the verge of running out of gas because they've kind of been in playoff mode for a month and a half? I don't think they've peaked yet. I, we haven't seen that signature performance yet. Maybe, I mean, you could probably count the Dallas Cowboys game as that, but I'd, I'm hesitant to do that because it's not really – who they are like they're not a gonna run it down your throat have that much success that was just a team that just couldn't stop the run and joe brady was smart enough to not do something else in that game and they just kept hitting him with it over and over again we haven't seen this offense really click and we've almost been close to it the last couple of weeks i mean the stefan diggs narrative over the last three weeks has been so interesting and he hasn't been talking to the media and uh he's on the schedule to talk tomorrow and i think we'll maybe learn something about it and Mm -hmm. and get a chance to talk to him a little bit more about what has gone into what's been kind of two months of of struggle a little bit but the narrative would have flipped dramatically any of the last two weeks they hit on that deep ball josh allen and Diggs. i mean he ends up with 180 and a touchdown last week if they hit that i think it was like 87 yards and it's just that to me is going to be the game that unlocks it all uh, for them, and they haven't hit it yet. And I think when you go back over the years and you listen to Trey White and Sean McDermott and Micah Hyde and Josh Allen and Diggs talk about playing your best football at the end of the season, to me that's part of it is is hitting your stride and really leaning into your identity at the right time. And the fact that they haven't done it yet, really completely in the passing game, I think it has to be exciting. I mean, they have they're healthy on their offensive line. I mean, you got to get. Deion Dawkins' uh, left digit there all, all worked out this week. Uh, but he was limited in practice today, so I think that's a good sign. But they, they have continuity on that side of the ball. And I also think, in a weird way, I don't think they're better without Gabe Davis. So I, I, I want to make sure I make that clear. But when he went out, I almost felt like people fell into more natural roles on the offense. I mean, I felt like Khalil Shakir took a step up and how much they used him. I think the Dalton Kincaid now becomes the bona fide number two weapon and the number two targeted player. And then Diggs kind of can kind of fall in as the top guy. And then you work off of all of the other supplement players. I mean, Dawson Knox is kind of in that role now because of Kincaid and then Trent Sherfield and even Hardy, who I, I really like what Brady said the other day about, yeah, that, the punt return was big, but don't forget that third down. Uh, crossing pattern where you know he got a first down a couple of weeks ago that really helped them to secure a game. I think there's a, a, a bigger role for him as well. So if Davis can't go this week, I'd be interested to see what that looks like. But I still think they haven't hit on their true identity mm-hmm. yet. And that's exciting, I think, if you're a Bills fan. Yeah, like I know about ifs and buts and wouldas and shouldas and all that stuff. Um, but really, even without the big play to digs, that would have unlocked and maybe – 
put an end or an exclamation point to all the hand-wringing about Diggs and where he is in this offense and, and can Joe Brady get him off like we're used to seeing him get off. The rest of the passing game in general, I mean, it was the, it was the red zone turnovers. I think if, if, if Cook doesn't drop a ball and if they hit Diggs on this one you're talking about or, or any, any one of those plays changes, you're talking about a game where we, we might be thinking, oh, my God, the Bills are a house fire going into the playoffs. Like, they are roaring here um, because the passing game was productive. It just really wasn't – I mean, Diggs had his best day in a while. But like you said, it was Shakir and it was Kincaid, and they got these these contributions from, you know, other guys. And, you know, Allen threw for 359. Like, that's <laughs> – I mean, that, that's a day. Allen's never going to use the excuse. He's never going to lead you too far down the rabbit hole into what really is going on with him. But he leaves breadcrumbs. And the breadcrumbs to me over the last couple of days is how much he's leaned into in seven days, talking about how poorly he threw the ball against the Patriots and then how well he kind of mechanically, as Joe Brady put it, you know, found it uh, uh, last week against the Dolphins. And if he's now getting into his own little zone here from a mechanical perspective. And he said today that they actually like, you know, scaled it back a little bit last week in practice where he was working a little bit more on um, just technique, fundamentals, like individual work, you know, in, early in practice. Some of the stuff that you maybe skip over late in the season because, you you know, it's just a, it's part of a rhythm that you've already kind of moved past. And, and you saw that. I mean, I thought he was as accurate as he's been outside of maybe missing on that deep ball, but also – there's a lot that goes into hitting on the deep ball. I mean, when a receiver breaks away from a, a, a cornerback and, you know, where the quarterback sees them when they're breaking away, all those kind of little things. I thought overall that was about as accurate as he's been in maybe over a month. And that's exciting, too, because they're going to need him, especially this week. You mentioned the weather at the top. Like, you, you really have to be, you know, clicking on all cylinders mechanically in those elements so that you're not turning over the ball, especially in the red zone, which was so uncharacteristic. And I was hard on Josh at halftime, and a lot of people took issue with that, and that's fine. Uh, my job is to be critical. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And to me in year six, situationally, Josh Allen has to know that you're that close to the goal line. And he said it himself, so he does know. You can't turn it over there. You need those three points. You need to finish drives with points every single time on the road, playing for the division. And so just him mechanically being – better going into this kind of playoff run. And as him and Diggs said after the game, like four more games, like you want him at his best. And, and, and that's a good sign. Matt Perino's on the Bills beat for Syracuse.com. You also can hear him on the Shout podcast. He's on the Western Hotline with me here on WGR for a few more minutes. You already mentioned Davis and whether he'll be there or not, like we'll see. If he doesn't go, is Sherfield kind of a plug-and-play for his spot, uh, you think? Is that, is that where, where we end up? 100%. And I, I kind of talked about it earlier in the season um, in passing, like really quickly on one of my, my, one of my episodes of my show. Is that like, because a lot of fans are like, okay, what's going on? We heard all of this great stuff about Sherfield during training camp. Josh Allen saying how he picked up the offense and he knew all the positions. Now we're getting into the season and the contribution's just not there. And I, and I kind of brought it up. It's like, I don't necessarily know if Sherfield was brought in to be a co star as much as he was like the Taylor Rapp uh, signing. He's there in case something happens to one of the top players. Gabe Davis played through that high ankle injury last season and it hampered his game. And I think if they had another option, a Trent Sherfield in the wings, 
they, they'd been more comfortable kind of pivoting to that in their offense. So what I felt like we saw, number one, was a season-high snap count for Trent Sherfield. He, like, went right into that role. They'd been leaning into that, um, you know, uh, 12 personnel look sometimes with David Edwards, with him out there with Gabe Davis um, already. So they've kind of been, like, ramping him up. And I felt like it fit better, and you saw the production kind of pop a little bit more with Davis out of the lineup. And I, I feel like... He, he fits into that three, four, five role, role, whatever you need him to be. So I think it's a great time. I'm still a little bit confused on the Deontay Hardy usage in the offense because they've, they've seemingly really lost that jet sweep guy. They've been more creative with Stefan Diggs this season and how they use him. Some of the pre-stat motion that they use, lining him up in the backfield, which, by the way, I really like that um, configuration. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually surprised – they haven't thrown to him out of that look yet because – and maybe they're saving it. I, I think that Joe Brady might have a few tricks up his sleeve. I would not be surprised, maybe not even this week, in maybe a weather game against a physical team. You still see kind of the style that you've seen. But when you got to throw a curveball at the Chiefs or at the Ravens, they've been kind of planting seeds, I think, um, as Joe Brady has gotten more comfortable. And that digs in the backfield look. I, I really like mm. that. I'm a big fan of that, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily crazy about him running the ball out of the backfield, but, right. I, you know, especially, I'll tell you, like, thinking about how they've used Diggs, circling back to that, you just, like, tripped a wire for me. Like, you know, a lot a lot of the, the fans sleuthing around on social media were pointing to the injury report before the Denver game in Week 10 and how Diggs showed up. Uh, in, in you know midweek, uh, with with a limited, with a back, and then had no game designation and played, and saying like, well, maybe they're nursing something that's not limiting him in practice or whatever. The way they're using him doesn't tell me like you would not want to be throwing bubble screens to a guy who was nursing an injury. I don't think <laughs> like a receiver. And, and, yeah, no, I think that's a good point, and I I think the point that they've made multiple times, Sean, I think Josh. Nobody's healthy this time of year. And there's been a couple times this season where I feel like Diggs has gotten, like, suplexed and, you know, driven. And I'm sure that's something that lingers for a little while. But, you know, there's nothing out of the ordinary during the practice week. I mean, we get a chance to see them out on the practice field twice a week. They've been doing these Wednesday walkthroughs, which are close to the media. Uh, But when we do see him out there, I mean, the way he's moving, the way he's practicing, it it looks similar. I I, I just think that there's also, like, you know, a lesson learned. He's – on the wrong side of 30, I don't think he's lost any part of his game. But I do think that they know that in the playoffs over the last couple of years, they've been run down to your earlier point. I mean, everything they went through emotionally last year. And I, what I see as a team now that, like, we throw around the term battle-tested so much, right? And it's more than just playing good teams. That's super important. The fact that they're 5-1 and one against playoff teams, huge. Like, I, I don't think you could say enough about that. But you also have to go through a lot of battles, right? Like, you have to be on the losing side of battles. Like, I, I was a huge NBA fan back in the early 2000s. We might have even talked about this at one time. I was a huge Dallas Mavericks fan when they had Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. And every year, they lose to the Lakers, year in and year out. And it was years till, till Nowitzki finally won a championship. And I think it was even after uh, Nash had left. And you have to go through those moments so you know how to handle it in the moments when things don't go right. There's going to be times in this playoffs where they don't go right. And they can lean on the fact, all the stuff over the past few years, but down the stretch, like being where they're at, and you could take that Philly game 
And you can even lump it in because I thought they did everything in that game to win it outside of that guy hitting a 59-yard field goal, Jake Elliott, which I think was impressive. I know. Um, I was, I, battle tested. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that – I loved them that day. I mean, I just going into the game, I loved them. And I'm just, it's still so frustrating that they, they could not get that game home. But before you go, you mentioned you used the phrasing handling. Are the Bills, it might be an obvious yes. Uh, in your opinion, if the weather is problematic for the passing game and this turns into sort of a, a slugfest kind of game, which I think the Steelers would definitely sign up for, uh, is your sense that the Bills are more well equipped? maybe as well-equipped as they've been in this stretch since 20 to play that kind of game? Definitely. And I, I think they have some some different answers in their run game um, with how they operate. I think having James Cook and being able to get on the outside is helpful too. You know, Ty Johnson's in the concussion protocol, and this feels like a game. Like, see, when Ty Johnson's healthy, to me, he's the number two running back right now on this team. I think you should get him on the field. I think you should get the ball in his hands even a little bit more. He's been really uh, adding some juice when he's got the ball in his hands. He, he runs downhill. He can run in between the tackles and outside. But if he's not available, to me now having Latavius Murray, this feels like a Latavius Murray-style game. Physical, a guy that can kind of get downhill in between the tackles. Uh, and then obviously you have Leonard Fournette, who I've pushed back a little bit. I don't know if I've been as impressed with him. But again, he just hasn't had a lot of live game when you're off the couch and you don't play football for a couple months it's probably going to look like this the guy has played his most important football and his best football in the playoffs so i think that's what you're banking on this feels like a game where if they don't have ty johnson leaning on latavius murray and leonard floyd or fournette if they have to is is not a bad thing yeah playoff lenny i mean why have a guy with that nickname on your team if you're not going to use him in the playoffs i suppose i mean he's got he's got to be able to do the job of course matt Thank you so much for this. Appreciate the time. Big fan of the work. All the best with the event on, uh, you said Saturday, at Wingnuts on Millersport? Yep, Saturday night. All right, good deal, man. Great talking to you, and uh, we'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. Sounds good, brother. Take care. That is Matt Perino, Syracuse.com, and the Shout Podcast, and all of it. Going to get right back into your calls. Bills, Steelers, Sunday, anything Matt and I have talked about, anything Sal was with it. We had Chris Mack from Pittsburgh. A lot of good conversation on the Steelers and this matchup. We can revisit my AFC rivals list for the Bills. Want to squeeze in some news that broke during our conversation with Matt Perino. Thank you, Zach, for sending me a Twitter message with this because you know I'm in here multitasking. I might have missed it. Nick Saban is retiring. 72-year-old Alabama coach has won six national titles with Alabama, also won uh, a seventh, his first, I think, at LSU, right? Um, So, wow. (laughs) I mean, that's a giant in the – we have Pete Carroll today, I don't know, retiring, being pushed out, being pushed aside. They're all about the same age. Consultant – I don't know. Waiting on Belichick. We're just waiting on Belichick. You know, these, these legendary coaches all riding off in the sunset together. But Nick Saban, again, the news just breaking in the last 15 minutes or so, uh, retiring from Alabama at the age of 72. 8030550 is the number. Again, everything I just said. You want to get in on it? I don't know if you got an opinion on Nick Saban. I mean, feel free. That's the latest news. But uh, Bills and Steelers, the weather, Steelers fans, 
Bill's rivals in the conference had a lot of different things we've been talking about today, a lot of balls in the air for you to take a swing at, uh, so have at it. 803-0550 is the number. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is away today along with Zach Jones. Thanks for listening to WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.